part of that is that it's Sunday when I'm recording this. Happy Wednesday. I hope you are well. I hope you've had a great week. I just can't get over how much confidence I had when I said that. But I hope you guys are doing fantastic. I hope that the weather is beautiful. I hope the sun is shining. I hope you're, I don't know. I just hope you're well. I hope everything is okay. I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. I I loved this girl. Like, do you guys ever talk to somebody and just think like, okay, cool, we're going to be like besties. Yeah, like that was my conversation with Betty Jean today. I just felt... From the get-go, I was like, yeah, I like this girl. This is my kind of girl. She is so funny, and she has such like a, I don't know, like a funny banter with you. Um, And even aside from just how cool she is, like her background, I just think was so important to dive into. And there were so many layers to it that I had not even known just from, you know, the little that I had met her prior to recording. She is a super senior at the University of Alabama, and she experienced the thing that we all hope to never ever experience, which is changing your major, um, your like second or third year into college. I feel like freshman year, you have a green pass, but once you like declare it and are like more than halfway done with those classes, it's like a sin to not finish it. But it wasn't for her. Political science did not did not fuel her the way that public relations and communications did. And she's going to talk all about the way that she made a pivot and the way that she evolved. And her story really reminded me, um, truthfully, a lot about myself and how, you know, I really struggled as, you know, a 23-year-old, I guess, 22 in college, letting go of what the 14-year-old version of Gabby wanted and not as much as what the the new adult version did. And I think her story just reminds us that it's okay to change your mind. And, and more than anything, it's okay to put yourself in a situation that may not be ideal to go for the thing that you want. So I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking to you in this intro. I want to get right into this episode with Betty Jean. But of course, I can't let you go without asking you to Leave a rating, leave a review. You can always follow us on Instagram at 20-something trials. And I think that's it. Oh, the other thing. You guys remember last week when I was like, next week I'm going to talk about all like the teacher trials, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it didn't happen today, Wednesday. But don't worry. That episode is coming. I know you're so excited. Just kidding. You guys are probably like, Gabby, we don't give a shit about your teaching career. And that's okay. But I care. And I want to share with you all the trials and tribulations and triumphs of being a first-year teacher, also in the middle of a freaking pandemic. So it'll be good. I'll have a fun little co-host, one that you guys tend to really enjoy. So stay tuned for that. That will be happening this week, I promise. But other than that, I want to go ahead and introduce you to my new best friend, Betty Jean. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on an episode. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm excited you said yes, because we had jumped on a call for um, a company that Betty works for, which we'll get into. And I was like, hey, by the way, you want to come on my podcast? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I found myself walking into a lot of those conversations. Like, (laughs) I think it's so funny because here I am like, I was like, oh, this girl's so cool. Like, I'm totally going to have her come on. You're like, you're the third person to ask me. And I was like, okay, well, never mind. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, I mean... 
yeah, you are the third person, but like, honestly, like I like talking. I've been on um, a radio programming here at school before. So um, definitely familiar with uh, being just voice recorded. It's a little different because you have to kind of get over that hump of like, wow, I really hate my voice, but yeah, you know, you got to just kind of go with it. <laughs> well, it's funny. I was um, editing. So when we're recording this, um, it's on a Tuesday. The episode won't come out for like a week or so. So I was editing the episode that will actually go out tomorrow. And it was one of the first times in a long time that I was like, God, I hate the way my voice, like you would think this is my 22nd episode. So you would think after like episode three, I'd be like, all right, screw it my voice is what it is, but there was something about today where I was like, oh my God, is that what it sound like? <laughs> yeah, no, I used to like, fun fact, um, I used to do YouTube and technically the channel is still live. So, I mean, if anyone ever comes across it, yes, that's me. Um, and I would edit the videos and be like, wow, why do I sound like this? And I would walk into my German class and um, my German teacher would be playing my YouTube videos on the board, like, no. on, you know, the whiteboard. Oh yeah. That happened to me many, many times. Yeah. Cause like, I didn't tell anyone in high school that I did YouTube. It was just, you know, a hobby and it was just like a creative outlet. And um, I forget how like some of the older guys in my German class found out that I did YouTube, but yeah, definitely walked into class and I think it was my, what's my tennis bag video. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, playing. that's iconic. And I had braces and I just, I was just your typical high school, like sophomore, junior. And I was mortified, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to own it. Like, yes, that's me. Like, do you have an issue? Do you want to shout out? Like, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to collab? Like, what are you right. doing? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, let me connect you with my manager, even though I don't have a manager. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of YouTubers who are maybe in their 20s now, like out, just out of high school, I feel like it's really common that you'll hear them say, you know, I started doing this in middle school or high school and they got made fun of. And I'm like, oh yeah. But you know what? These people are making so much freaking money from this that it's like, oh yeah, make fun all you want because uh, she, she's sure. rolling. She's doing okay. Because I don't know. I feel like at the time, I think I started my channel in middle school. Yeah, middle school, my first channel. My family made me delete because they didn't know I had a channel. My little brother just told on me, so I had to delete oh. it. Um, and then, of course, you know, me being who I am, I was like, I am going to make a new one. So <laughs> made a new one. And, you know, back then, even though I say back then, like it was a long time ago, but um, in, you know, 2007, 8, 9, 10, and so on, like it wasn't there weren't a lot of people making, you know, the kind of money that they make now. And so yeah. it was a little weird for you to be on YouTube. Like people would be like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you doing a back to school lookbook? And like, well, what's in my bag? You're like 13 years old. Like, what do you carry in your purse? <laughs> so, Is it even your purse? Like, where did you get that from? Exactly. And most of the time, like, you know, most of the time it was like probably my grandmother's purse that I was using in the first place. <laughs> and, you know, you kind of shop around your room to throw some random stuff in your bag and make it look like, you know, you're actually going somewhere. But, um, 
that was pretty much kind of, you know, the thing. <laughs> yeah. But people made fun of you still for it. <laughs> so aside from being um, a YouTuber, who else are you, my friend? <laughs> a retired YouTuber. Um, <laughs> Um, a college student. Um, I'm going into my second round senior year, um, or senior year, second round. There we go. Um, because I've decided to stay and pursue a second degree in something that I'm actually interested in. So my first degree will be a BA in political science with a minor in public policy. And my second degree will be a BA in public relations. Um, let's see, aside from, you know, student, which is a hat that I don't necessarily like wearing. Um, <laughs> I would say that I'm just kind of an overall just like content creator. Like I handle press and comm for a few companies. By few, I mean one. So I should have said a company. Um, <laughs> I do a little bit of graphic design work um, on the side for, you know, that's kind of just as it comes up. Um, a project that I actually just got off of was a um, designing podcast covers for um, this one podcast. Um, and then um, I'm also currently working with <clears throat> the Creative Exchange as a community manager. So um, I'm on several different um, accounts and I'm not really sure if I'm allowed to like say the account. So I'll kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, hold that information. But I'm on a few accounts for a few different people um, through the Creative Exchange. And I also handle some influencer um, management through the Creative Exchange as well. Um, right now, my biggest project is with um, Karen from The Silent Celeb on Netflix. Uh, wow. That's really exciting. Yes. Um, Karen and I, we're ace boom coons now. Like, we, we're, we're besties now. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's fun. And that's pretty much like it. And then I kind of, of course, do some creative stuff on the side for myself. But um, that's really few and far between because I found myself getting kind of lost in work. And then by the time I finish with my work day, I just feel uninspired and I really don't want to see a screen any mm -hmm. longer. So um, yeah, and then, you know, just your regular 21 year old, um, you know, getting into stuff every weekend party. No, I'm just playing. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I, I am very much, a, I, I probably go out maybe twice a month if I could even say that because, um, I'm more of a, you know, let's go to a restaurant, sit out on the patio and drink a few margaritas type of person. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Those are the best kinds of girls though. You know, like that you're, I'm telling you, like you are my kind of friend when all this is over, we'll go, we'll go drink some margaritas together. Oh yeah. Frozen only. Okay. Frozen only. I've never had a frozen margarita. Oh my gosh. What? Am I missing out? I know. Oh, yeah. I'm, you know what? It's so funny. I was just talking to, um, so since the school year ended, I've been babysitting. I was telling the family that I sit for, I was like, I don't have, and this wasn't just a random conversation where they're like, who was our babysitter? But I was like, I don't have like my go-to drink of choice because we were talking about alcohol and that came up and I was like, I don't know. I've been, I, I should know this by now, but I have to tell <laughs> you the fact that you're 21 and have listed off 
all of these things, I think is super impressive because I think of myself at 21 and I think it was like mental breakdown, doing great mental breakdown, trying to figure it out. <laughs> so it's really cool that you've thrown yourself into all of these projects, you know, and, and they're creative and they're things that you enjoy, which, you know, not oh, many yeah. people at 21, not many people at 41 can say. So major kudos to you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And also while you were saying that I, I missed an, a big project as well that I'm on. <laughs> I um, am cur- currently, I serve as the chief strategy officer for 28 details, which is a um, PR and communications agency based in Atlanta. And um, right now we've got some interns. And so I built out the entire, we didn't have an internship program before and because of COVID and I really, I saw some posts on LinkedIn with a lot of college students that were like, OMG, I lost my internship, you know, um, so on and so forth. And I was like to our founder, I was like, hey, question, can we do a virtual internship program? And she was like, I mean, yeah, but if we do, you are 100% responsible for building out every aspect, like from application to interview to curriculum. Okay. And when I tell you, I think that conversation came up beginning of March, probably for the first two and a half weeks of March. I don't think I've put so many hours into staring at my laptop screen ever in my life. That project probably took me, um, over 150 or so hours to put together. Uh, which I'd also, you know, say that's one of my biggest, um, I guess, professional accomplishments. So yeah. that's pretty fun to say. <laughs> How many now, 21-year-olds do you know that have built out an internship program? So that was- um, Zero. So again, <laughs> like, be so proud of the work that you're doing. And are you doing all of this while still taking classes and... Oh yeah. So, um, I am currently in two classes right now. Um, of course they're online, but when it comes to academic wise, like, and a lot of my friends are like, how do you balance all this? Like when it comes to academics, I just kind of feel like it comes naturally to me. Great. Like, thankfully. Um, so, you know, whipping out a paper or studying for a test, like I, it's, it's easy. <laughs> it's easy for me. So, you know, of course I get my schoolwork done first and then, um, once I'm done with my schoolwork, I kind of just do all of my projects. And, um, one thing I kind of feel like I've learned in undergrad is that like the information that you learn in class low key does not have anything to do with the stuff that you need to do in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I feel like I'm definitely um, a prime example of that and how I've kind of gotten myself in the PR and communications world um, with, you know, having a bulk of my background being political science. Um, I mean, I guess I'd say it's mostly kind of self-taught and just kind of, you know, just courses and things I come across online, but none of the classroom stuff that I've learned has really helped me in any of this, like, I guess, like professional pivot that I've done. <laughs> yeah. And, and I want to dive into that because, you know, it's interesting hearing that because as the student, I really felt the same way. I, I've shared on this podcast before. Um, I didn't study education. I studied English. And then my senior year, I was probably in a similar spot that you were in um, just like timeline wise where I was like, okay, 
I don't want to do what I've been planning on doing. I'm going to try teaching. And I truly don't know if not studying education was as big as a barrier as I thought it was going to be. Because when I tell you the experiences that I've had in the classroom, I've had a kid have a panic attack in the middle of class. I've had a kid faint in the middle of class. Like none of these things or anything that I could be like, oh, I remember in my issues in education class when they <laughs> told me about, you know, none of that, none right. of that shit happens in the books. They teach from my experience now going back to get my certification. It has been, I'm going to teach to, or I'm going to at least like the classes are geared towards this perfect class of 20 mm-hmm. kids who have all this support at home from their parents who are so eager to learn. Right. But in reality, Danny just rolled up after having worked all night to try to provide for his family. The kid next to him probably hasn't had breakfast yet. And the one across from him is on the verge of a mental breakdown. And how mm-hmm. am I supposed to handle all of that while still saying, this is our standard for the day. So it right. is, it's one of those really difficult things of how do we take the things that we spent time and money into learning and still figure out how to apply them. And in some cases, you just, you just don't. Yeah, like I'd say that, unfortunately, but I think this only really applies to my political science degree because, well, for the listeners, my uh, original plan was to go to law school and um, practice for a little bit and then kind of uh, switch back and um, go back to school and get my PhD in education, then go be in a classroom for a little bit, be in a school district for a little while, work my way up to superintendent, and then go into uh, politics. But of course, have my platform kind of fall back on educational policy change just because um, I was raised by my grandmother and she taught in DPS schools for 32-ish years, somewhere along in there. Wow, I just aged her. I'm sorry, (laughs) y'all. Or really, sorry, grandmother. but. Yeah, so just kind of seeing um, firsthand, really, the experience of um, the kids in the Detroit Public School District, and then, of course, seeing how it weighed on my grandmother coming home after work. I definitely, that's where my passion, like, developed from. But I realized um, after an internship that I took back home in Detroit um, that, law school was not it. Um, I felt like I was living out a dream that wasn't necessarily mine and, you know, how people speak things over your spirit and (laughs) if you believe in stuff like that. But, you know, all through middle school and high school, uh, my teachers would always say, you know, you'd make a great lawyer, you know, politics and blah, blah, blah. And so I think I just kind of uh, um, I guess adopted those things and it like let those things attach to myself. And so I think that that's where my um, want for going to law school really came from. Granted, educational policy change is 100% something I'm still very passionate about. But um, do I think my calling per se is to go about it the way that I had originally wanted to go about it? No, I don't think so. <laughs> And um, so that really, you know, even though I completed my political science degree um, from that internship, which was with a PR firm and I was handling um, our clients that were more on the like political spectrum, um, I definitely saw that I was more so interested in 
like the fun creative stuff that the intern that the other intern was handling um and so that's when I really kind of solidified that like maybe maybe this is not the path for me and I don't really want to take that path granted has the idea of law school come back up recently yes it has but in a completely different form um yeah I don't know it's kind of like I want to do it, but I don't think I want to do it in a manner of setting me up in the political re- the political arena like I thought I wanted to do. So, I don't know. You know, it's a little tricky. <laughs> I think that's okay because, you know, everything you said so far, uh, you know, people told me time and time again that I'd be a great politician, I'd be a great lawyer. It's really easy when we're in middle and high school to attach on to these ideas that somebody else has put in our head. Um, and I think we look to our teachers, to our parents, to our guardians to really be the ones to dictate where we're supposed to end up because, you know, we make this decision traditionally at 18 years old of, well, where am I going to go? What am I going to study? Mm-hmm. And it's hard not to let other people influence that. Um, right. And it's even harder not to let their thoughts and ideas really get into your head when you decide to say, you know what, this is, this is not my calling. This is not the path that I'm meant to be on. And I want to dive into that a little bit because as somebody who had a similar experience, um, and I have heard it from some of my girlfriends over and over again too, of, you know, putting so much energy into, you know, one basket to then realize like, oh shit, this is not what I want. So I want to talk a little bit more about that turning point in your life when, cause you had completed the degree, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, it was very late in the game that I was like, like by late, I mean like very recently Yeah, that I was like, you know, I think I'm going to stay <laughs> yeah. and pursue something that I'm genuinely interested in. And, um, it was, a little bit of a battle telling my grandmother because of course um well she knew um for maybe the last year or so that law school in terms of like I guess kind of pushing me into the political arena wasn't something that I wanted to do for real um but it was definitely a conversation of so you're gonna stay another year at the University of Alabama and so you're asking me to pay another $42,000 in tuition. And I said, yep, that is correct. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, you know, thankfully, of course, in high school, you know, I unfortunately stressed myself out. But in the end, I did, you know, get pretty solid amount of scholarship money. So, um, you know, the rest that my grandmother covers, um, in my opinion, isn't the worst. Um, it could be, you know, much, much worse, (laughs) but, you know, I feel like it's kind of a, um, I don't know, a a small bargain to pay for me to really make sure that the life that I want to create for myself and maybe future family, who knows, um, is the life that I really want. Um, cause I'm definitely really big on like, you know, following what it is I want to do. Um, and not really allowing, you know, kind of that chatter from other people and your family members and things and people around you to like allowing that to guide you off of the path that you want to paint for yourself. 
And so why, why was it that you were like, all right, I'm going to stay for another year and get this degree rather than, okay, I'm just going to intern. Like, why was it school was the next step for you? Honestly, um, I think one, because I've been here now almost four years. Um, and it, it took a lot for me to come here in terms of like, you know, going from, um, being at home and almost under my grandmother's like eye every single day. Cause by the time I hit like eighth grade she had retired. And so, um, she was home all the time. She'd always be checking up and making sure that I was doing what I needed to do. Um, I brought home a C one time, um, in my German class and she pretty much had a conniption and I was like, okay, relax. Okay. <laughs> um, and I think that that first transition was a lot for me that I've kind of, this has become my comfort. Like this is where I'm comfortable right now, which I know, um, in a year here, I'm going to have to get uncomfortable again and make a transition into the bigger world or get my master's, which I've been looking into at the university of Florida. Um, yeah, it was really just kind of a comfort thing. Um, staying here an extra year and just, uh, also kind of just being scared to really be an adult. Like I have been an adult. I'd say I fit the adult category for maybe the last like two years when it comes to, you know, budgeting and paying your bills and things like that. Because, you know, growing up, I was fortunate enough to where I didn't have to pay for anything. But then it got to a point where I got in college where my grandmother was like, hey, it's not like I'm struggling to help you. It's just you're, you're getting, you're grown. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we need to start, you know, giving you some more responsibility than you just having to pay for your nails every two weeks. Yeah. So, <laughs> cause really that's what it was. Um, and so, you know, she, of course, um, as I cried, handed me over the bills that I was now going to be responsible for. Yeah. And so, you know, the adult art has kind of started but you know once you uh, my grandmother has always said you know once you walk across the stage from college like financially you can count me out like you got it at that yeah. point and I think that's also what definitely contributed to this decision because I was like I'm not trying to get cut off yet <laughs> So hundred yeah. percent. Okay. So really what I'm hearing is screw PR marketing. You don't really care about that at all. It's we don't want to get cut off by grandma. And honestly, I get it. It's okay. It's a little bit of both. Like of course PR and, and marketing and calm, you know, that's definitely where my, um, that is definitely where my interests and passions lie yeah. however okay comfort wise I'm comfortable I'm yeah. trying to just I'm trying to just milk college just a little bit longer and you know um a lot of my older friends are definitely like you know even though you are looking into going to grad school you have to remember that your grad school experience is going to be completely different from your undergraduate experience so if you have the option to, to, you know, stay a little bit longer, then take it because you cannot recreate your undergraduate experience, like no matter what. And so I feel like that's also um, played into my decision to stay and, you know, just 
um, I feel like my undergraduate experience through some other trials and tribulations hasn't been, you know, your typical. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in this last year, especially um, fall semester, I feel like I was really living, you know, Um, and then COVID came and just kind of knocked a good sis off her pedestal. So (laughs) I also feel like maybe this is my second chance (laughs) at really like, you know, properly wrapping up my time here at UA because I definitely say, um, well, actually, I, I haven't mentioned this yet, but um, picking uh, this school, I also did in a very unconventional way. So Ooh, I applied it. to 13 schools, got accepted into 11. Okay. Toured none of the schools, okay? Did not set foot. Stop. You're my worst nightmare. <laughs> no, no. I, same thing. I applied to like 11. I think I toured 10. Oh, Oh, I have anxiety uh-huh. just from you saying that. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I applied because one, um, with my grandmother and like traveling, I can't stand doing road trips. And my good sis wanted to do road trips. No, ma'am. Okay. And all of the schools I applied for were in the South. And I was like, I'm, I'm not doing that. We are not driving. Uh-uh. It's not happening. Um, and also, I was extremely involved in high school. So it was, you know, kind of hard to coordinate all the other stuff. Um, and anyway, got accepted to 11, laid him all out on the dining room table, looked at him. And I guess also another kind of background story here. My family is from Montgomery, Alabama. Um, so growing up, I would come down to Alabama a lot, had never heard of Tuscaloosa, but, you know, I was familiar with at least Montgomery. So, um, Looking at him, I said, you know what? It was between University of Alabama and University of Oklahoma. Um, I was like, you know what? I think Bama. I think that's it right there. Um, I actually made the post on Facebook saying that I was going to the University of Alabama before I even told my grandmother. Oh, no. And one of her friends that day called her, and they were like, oh, my gosh. Like, because my family and my, like, I guess family friends um, that have known me since essentially birth call me BJ. So they called her, they said, and if my grandmother ever hears this podcast, she would definitely ring my neck for what I'm about to say. Um, she goes, Brenda, um, BJ is going to the University of Alabama. And she was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, she calls me into her office and she was like, I'm confused. I said, why are you confused? (laughs) I made my decision. You told me to pick one. I picked it. Hello, surprise, roll tide. (laughs) (laughs) And that's literally how the conversation went. And I remember later that night, she came upstairs to my room. She said, so um, you're, you're really going there? I said, yep. Um, my housing deposit is due tomorrow. So if we can make some shake, that'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my God. She probably wanted to be like, you know what? Get your stuff, get out of my house. You figure out how to do this on your own. (laughs) No, she, she dead ass was like, so you will be paying your housing deposit. And I was like, "Mm, I don't think that's correct. And I I can't, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I mean, I had a job at the time, you know, it was just a job for, you know, like 
for money to go to the movies, right? Nails and go shopping with friends every now and then. Um, and of course, you know, just because my grandmother instilled in me savings and, you know, money management and blah, 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 even though, you know, I'm kind of bad at it sometimes. Um, she's like, no, I'm serious. Like you are paying your housing deposit. And I was like, we didn't discuss this. And she was like, well, you didn't discuss with me where you were going before you decided to make that post. And I was like, sis, you right. You right. Okay. And I logged onto my Bama ua.edu and I paid my $200 housing deposit and yeah <laughs> tears running down your face as you're like oh yeah this adulthood <laughs> oh yeah I oh definitely was like wow that $200 was supposed to go to something completely different not to housing sorry no <laughs> what a crazy experience though just because like it, 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 your path has been untraditional kind of from the get-go. And when I say untraditional, what I really mean by that is like, you, you strike me as a kind of lead with your heart, let your mind follow, Oh yeah, which I think is really cool. And I'm, I'm very similar to that. So, you know, sometimes it gets awesome. me in trouble. It gets me in trouble. I, <laughs> I feel like you, you learn more from it in a good way than not, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. So oh, yeah. you get to Alabama what is your college experience like in the beginning? Um, in the beginning, like I'd say that it was pretty solid. Like I um, decided that I was going to go to like the freshman camp or whatever. And so I went to camp 1831 and I met like my first, you know, round of friends. Cause of course you kind of, as a so freshman, you, you, yeah, you go, you go definitely through a few. Okay. Or four, five and six. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, the the first semester was pretty solid. Um, and then, of course, you kind of have your shift in friendships and things like that. Um, of course, like I said in the beginning, academically, I don't know, it was just kind of thriving. <laughs> just It was just regular school. It's just this time. Um, I think the biggest struggle in that was uh, time management kind of kicks my butt a little bit because, you know, not having to go to class if you don't want to. Um, That's kind of, while I enjoy that freedom and that privilege, that same freedom and privilege will get you messed up. Um, Because I, there are definitely a lot of times that I was like, yeah, I'm not going today. And my friends would be like, yeah, like he gave out bonus points or, you know, if you came to class today, you didn't have to take this test next week. I'd be like, okay, so how can I finesse this so that I can get what you get? (laughs) So yeah, it was, um, freshman year was pretty, uh, solid. And then second semester came and, um, I had met someone and, um, you know, how that goes, uh, that was an interesting situation. Definitely taught me a lot. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, sophomore year is when I was allowed to move off campus. So I got my first apartment, you know, and my grandmother allowed me to bring my car down. So, you know, I was, I was cruising. I was zooming. Okay. Um, (laughs) um, Sophomore year really isn't marked by anything significant. Um, Junior year or getting ready to go into my junior year is really when that kind of shift happened when I was like, okay this is not the path that I really want to be on. Um, just because like I said before, the internship that I took, um, really 
changed the way that I just thought about my life beyond college. And um, really, I kind of thought about the lives that I would one day like to bring into this world. I was just kind of like, this isn't, this isn't aligning with the Betty that I have in mind. So that's when, um, really, that's when I should have just changed my major. But I mean, when you think about changing your major and you're halfway through your degree, it's terrifying. Oh yeah. You start back over from zero. (laughs) So that's why I was like, you know, I'm just going to tough it out and finish it. And like I said, um, my plan really in that moment wasn't to add an additional year. It was essentially just to finish out the degree and kind of do what I'm doing now and just kind of pivot and, you know, get the experience and change, um, my professional path. But with everything that kind of went on in the last few months or so, that's when I was like, you know what, I'm not ready to get uncomfortable yet. So I will be right here. (laughs) You know, you said a lot of really important things that I think is it's significant enough to echo again of just, you know, you didn't realize that the the path you were on was not necessarily the one that was intended for you through an internship. And I can't stress to you guys enough, if you are still in college, take an internship. If you are remotely interested in a specific field, that internship is the closest thing you'll have to what your day-to-day life would look like. Not because you're living it, but because you get to see what the lives of of people in the role that you would eventually like to be in, what they're like, what their quality of life is like. And I can't agree with you more of, you know, it's very easy to look at you know, somebody who maybe is at the top of the field that you were looking at and say, oh my gosh, how am I going to bring babies into, into this life? You know, and I think as, as two women who want to have a family, it is something that we should think about, you know, it's something to consider. And I had that same thought process of, I I remember looking at the editor in chief of the magazine that I was at and I was like, she she's super stressed all the time. Oh, yeah. The work doesn't stop. Given I chose a field that the work still doesn't stop, but you know, it's a little bit different. And so mm-hmm. I, I cannot agree with you more. And I can't stress that enough that you've got to oh, put yeah. yourself in that like real world situation. Yeah. Like one thing, um, just kind of, I guess when I started to realize that what I was doing wasn't really aligning with what I kind of had in mind for my future self. Um, I had told my grandmother essentially what I just said about how, you know, thinking about a family um, somewhere, definitely not in the near future. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. But oh, she was like, well, why are you so like hung up with, you know, the whole idea of kids and, you know, this, that, and the other. And I was like, well, because of course we are in two separate generations now. Nah, okay. Um, <laughs> so um, she was just kind of telling me the story of like, of course, how her, my grandfather got married and, you know, at the time the kind of, I guess, um, common thing to do was to get married so you could just get out of the house and you didn't have to be under your parents' wing. And, um, when my grandmother and grandfather got married, he was in the military at the time. So they, of course, did a lot of traveling. And then, you know, my mother popped up and then um, my uncle popped up. Uh, um, and so she had told me, you know, um, 
kids weren't initially in her plan. Like it was really, you know, I'm marrying your grandfather because yes, well, you know, I love him, but um, it it's definitely, definitely was like, a, you know, I'm ready to get out of the house. And at that time, the only socially acceptable way to do so was to get married. And so she's always kind of just been like, you know, why is it that you feel like you need to have someone? And I, my response to her isn't, is, um, it's not like I feel like I need to have someone, but I, since I was raised by my grandmother, I didn't have that, you know, two parent household. And so I would really, really love to give a child that experience in like the best way possible. And that's really kind of my, um, I guess my rebuttal to her when she brings up that topic. So I don't know. I just think it's really important, especially right now being only 21 turning 22 on July 30th. Okay. Uh Um, (laughs) that I kind of just take this time to really explore what I like, what I don't like, um, and just solidify, you know, just what I see for myself. And I would much rather be someone who can say by the time that they're 30, maybe that they're in the field and the industry that they love and can see themselves, you know, being in it for the long haul, as opposed to being 40 and hating my job. Yeah. So that's definitely kind of the mindset that I have. And I've seen so many people just kind of settle for a job that they have, that they've been in for a long time. Um, and they don't enjoy it. They don't, they aren't fulfilled. Like, and I I don't want to be like that. Mm -hmm. So I think realizing that sooner rather than later, while that came with, you know, complications and, um, a lot of work to get myself kind of where I am now, I'm glad that I did it. I'm glad that, you know, I've spent countless hours typing emails to different companies, you know, looking to hire an intern or, um, looking, you know, just to add an additional person to their team. Um, Yeah, I definitely wouldn't say it's been easy, but it's definitely taught me a lot about myself and just a lot about, um, you know, just kind of the real world and what I will eventually face. (laughs) Yeah. So now when you were in your internship, was that really that, you know, that silver lining for you where you were able to kind of predict 40 year old you thinking, Oh my gosh, this is not what I see for myself. I see myself getting burnt out. I see myself being unhappy. Oh yeah. Um, that internship, like I said, I handled, um, the, the political clients. Like, like I said, I love politics. It's something that, um, still interests me. But being behind the scenes and really watching these people that are in the public eye, you know, um, try to, um, you know, be, I guess, crusaders or, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that for the particular issue that they're trying to stand up against or stand up for. Um, I was like, you know what, this is a lot, okay? <laughs> like, I know that... Um, even if you're not in the public eye, you know, of course you come across criticism and, you know, people that don't really mess with you for real, but like for them, it's magnified. Like every single part of your life is on blast to the world. And 
while I would consider myself to be a very transparent and open person, I, I don't really feel like though I am transparent and open, I should owe you an explanation for every single thing that has happened yeah. or every single situation that I've put myself in. Like you can know it and I will tell you the story, but by no means do I owe you an explanation as to why that was the outcome or why I put myself in this position. Um, and I just feel like, um, excuse me, with uh, being in politics, like you really, you, <laughs> you need a uh, explanation for every single thing, okay? Why did you... Uh, you know, drop the water on stage in seventh grade and mess up the entire talent show because it was an accident. I don't owe you anything. I don't owe you an explanation. And I just, I think that was my biggest thing. And just like I said um, earlier with the other intern, who's actually one of my best friends now, um, she was handling more of the entertainment side and, you know, actual PR work for those clients and more of the creative things, I definitely would come to work every day and see myself almost getting a little, you know, jealous hearted that I was handling the politics stuff. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not interested in this. I don't want to tweet on behalf of this candidate about some issue that I may not personally see eye to eye on. Like, I don't care. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that that's definitely the internship is where I learned. And then, of course, um, the firm was family owned um, and the son and the other associate that worked there um, for, well, I guess they're millennials. And so just that mixed with being a young black professional in the city of Detroit, you know, they had their own personal brands going on. And that also really intrigued me. Um, to just kind of put myself out there, uh, get creative, you know, build your own personal brand and, you know, just kind of let what you put out there speak for you. So that those are kind of like the two, I guess, experiences that I took from that internship that has really pushed me to where I am now. Cause I definitely, while I am content right now working for other people, I definitely see myself at some point, having my own type of business focused around PR and communications, whether that's just, you know, social media management or, you know, being a full-blown PR and comm agency, not sure what that's going to look like, but I definitely see myself kind of venturing down the path of just like being my own boss. Cause I think at the end of the day that that's what I want and that's what I see myself. And that's how I see, um, or that's what I see my life kind of forming around. So, And you know what? I think in, especially with how digital our world is, you know, you're two years younger than me. So we grew up in the age of social media, you know, not right. to the extent that like my younger brother has, but it, everything was getting big when we were in like middle and high school. And oh, yeah. the idea of having a personal brand, you hear it and you see it so often. And people monetize off of this. And I think if you oh, yeah. have a story to tell, if you have a skill to bring forth, why not? Why not use the gifts you've been given and make a living off of it? Exactly. Um, I 
am 100% okay going to cash in on the household name of Betty Jean. Okay, so. y'all <laughs> just wait for my come up <laughs> because it's coming. It's it's coming. Okay, I definitely see um, myself in big spaces and being a part of really big conversations. And so, yeah. um, I don't know, just kind of, you know, manifesting if that's something you believe in um, and just, you know, praying about it and just really kind of focusing in on my place. Cause I think that it's very important to know your place and your purpose. So. Uh, absolutely. And I also think, you know what, it's okay if you don't know it yet, but I think there's exactly. a sense of loss or there's just this sense of dissatisfaction if you don't have that. Cause in, in a way, like just in my opinion and, you know, listeners, like you guys feel free to disagree with me. You feel free to disagree with me. But I feel like there's just this dissatisfaction. There's this emptiness when you are living a life that is not aligned with your passion and with your purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the hardest things to kind of find out and understand. But I think once it clicks, it clicks and you're on that road towards it, which is where you're at right now. So I want to dive into more of you make this pivot. You're, you're finishing out this last degree. You have all these projects that you're working on. Do you really feel like this is it? Um, I don't feel like this is like, this is it in terms of like, this is where I'm meant to be or like, this is kind of just like where I'm going to stop. Is, is that what we're more so or is the work you're doing or the skills that you're gaining? Are these all of the things that you see yourself continuing to learn with and grow with? Oh yeah, for sure. Cause I just feel like this industry, there is no, um, there's no cap on how much you can learn. And I didn't mean to say no cap, like no cap, but you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> there is no like ending to the information and resources that you can soak up and learn because, because of the world that we are in right now, things are changing so much that you, you have to be willing to learn and grow and evolve in order to fit, you know, potential clients or consumers and if if you're not out here growing and evolving and evolving, then you're irrelevant. Like <laughs> you're a thing of the past. Um, so I, I definitely, definitely do not think that you know the information and resources that I've managed to learn right now and where I'm at is where I'm stopping because you can't. In order to be successful, you got to keep going in this. Um, it, it's not like you know there's really even a guidebook to this. A lot of the stuff, you know, like I kind of have touched on before, a lot of the stuff that I've learned and picked up is definitely um, stuff that's kind of been self-taught, but it's also been stuff that I've had to genuinely sit down and, you know, find master classes on Skillshare or register for these different webinars and things like that and virtual events right now, since, you know, we can't pop up on the scene in our, you know, outfit and learn the information from the presenters. So it, it's been a, um, it's definitely been a investment, I would say as well. So um, I, I would say to anyone who's kind of, you know, thinking about, whether you want to pivot or, you know, you want to learn more about a specific topic, these things nine times out of 10 don't come free. 
And so you've got to be ready to truly invest. And when I say invest, it kind of goes beyond money. Like you've got to be willing to invest in yourself um, because that's really who's going to be benefiting from everything that you're soaking up. So um, definitely be well aware of that. Um, And, you know, not even just classes. If you're in a field where you've got to, you know, beef up your technology. I know I've had to in the last few months. I've had to upgrade um, from my old computer from high school to a newer computer to, you know, handle the programs that I have to run now. Or um, in my instance, I do a lot, like I said, social media management. So I had to go out and buy a second phone so that I could accommodate all of the accounts that I'm on. So definitely Think about the investment as an investment in yourself as opposed to just putting a price tag and being like, wow, I'm down $600 now. But that's okay because your reward and your return on that investment is going to be so much greater than you've ever like would have thought it would be. Absolutely. And when you think about it, right, $600 in, in terms of overhead is not anything excruciating. You know? Exactly. And, you know, when we talk about investment, because I, I, I absolutely love what you said, because I am so on board with making sure you are investing in your education, your, you know, professional well-being, your promote or your personal development, all of those things. I think it's so important. And I'm sure you've heard this saying before, but if, if you're the smartest person in the room, you have to get a new room. Right. And so how do we continue to learn and grow and evolve, especially I would imagine in the field that you are in and will continue to be in new stuff comes on the scene every few months. You know, oh, yeah. so you're constantly having to stay in the know. You're constantly having to challenge yourself. I even think of, you know, within this last year or so, it feels like TikTok has come up and has been huge. So you're okay. watching these people yeah, like, no, TikTok. I mean, I'm serious. No, 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 no. Here, hold on, hold on. Uh-huh. I cannot do TikTok. No, I don't either. <laughs> I like to watch the dog videos on it. But I was listening to a podcast of this, um, from the Skinny Confidential and she's like, as an influencer, she has to be on everything. So she has to learn how to use TikTok and dedicate her time to it. So it's like, how do you get yourself out there more and more? Um, no, I, in the sense of like, I'll be honest, am I trying to learn the dances? Yeah. Will I ever post something? No, but I use it as an example to say like, there's always going to be something new. Yeah. How do you stay on top of it? Oh yeah, definitely. You've my goodness, when I tell you prior to really kind of like diving into the world of PR and com, I was not a person that would be sitting and religiously opening up my Apple News app, okay? Mm. I have saved so many different queries and keywords and things that pertain to, you know, the industry that I'm in. Um, It's really a part of my morning routine now. Like when I sit at my desk to drink my tea, at 8.30 in the morning after I return home from the gym, I look through Apple News. Um, I even find myself going so far as to export it as a PDF and take notes on it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I have some interns under me at uh, 28 Details, and I send them articles, um, articles that I've already read. So, you know, if I ask you a question on it, I know the answer. So I would hope that you know the answer too. And um, it, it's really honestly just like keeping up with the news to be 
100% transparent with you blog posts and like, cause I, you know, consider that as news as well. Cause you know, some people do some deeper research on certain topics and, um, one project that I have to work on, um, in the coming weeks is, um, finding TikTok trends for a client that I am working with. And, you know, good and well that I do not mess with TikTok for real. Like, yes, I will go on TikTok and scroll, but am I sitting here trying to do edits and, you know, I might learn a dance or so or something, but I'm not, I don't know about the TikTok algorithm. I can't tell you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you how to predict, predict a trend on TikTok. Can't do any of that. Am I willing to learn it? Yes, because of course, you know, times are changing. Companies are putting a lot of money into TikTok right now. So therefore, clients naturally want to get onto TikTok. So I almost feel like, you know, and I, I definitely didn't think I'd feel this so early in my life, but I feel like I am 65 years old talking to a grandchild or a younger person and they're trying to show me how to work something and I just can't grasp. I can't grasp it to save my life. (laughs) It's funny because I remember I had um, one class in particular last semester that I was really close with and they would always talk about TikTok and I got on it for one night and I was like, you guys, this stuff is stupid. Your brains are falling apart. And then it was like, things started coming up, like dogs started appearing and babies were there. And I was like, all right, I can get down with this. I'm here for TikTok. (laughs) But it's so funny. I'm like, and one of the kids were like, are you going to be like one of those teachers of TikTok? And I was like, no, no way. (laughs) So, but no, it it is. It's something where you're like continually, continuously having to stay on top of, which it's oh, funny because yeah. like you're 21 and here you are asking people like, well, how do, how do I do this? How do I work exactly. this? You know? And it's, there's always something new and changing. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely, um, different. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, TikTok is interesting. I, that's really pretty much all I can say is that it's interesting. Like I I don't have time to learn these dances. I don't have time to do these edits. And, you know, I think I made one TikTok and I made it before I I was heading out to drive to Mississippi to visit my friend. Um, She just started grad school there. And um, I was like, you know what, since I'm doing my makeup, you know, and at the time the wipe challenge was like Mm -hmm. the thing. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. Like, this is easy. Okay, so I set up my little tripod um, and my phone. You know, I I filmed the part where, you know, you look dusty and dingy. You know, I'm on beat or whatever. (laughs) Then after I, you know, got dressed in my makeup and my hair, I filmed the next part. And then I sat down. I said, hmm, how do I edit this? Like, I, I don't understand how to loop or cut or anything in the TikTok app. So I said, you know what? I'm going to make this process even quicker. I'm going to just hop into iMovie. Okay, well, iMovie wanted to change my video to horizontal and do all this other stuff. So I had to look up a tutorial on how to edit vertical videos in iMovie. Then come to find out, you have to hop into a keynote and edit it in there. And it was just a back and forth. That day, I was supposed to head out, headed to Mississippi at 11 in the morning. 
I did not leave my house till one thirty in the afternoon Stop. because I was so hung up on trying to create this damn TikTok. I was like, this uh-uh. is like, this is why there's a little bit of animosity towards this app. I, you know, as soon as I said it, I heard it in your voice and I was like, there's something deeper. <laughs> and this is it. This is and it. <laughs> my little TikTok, I put it on my Instagram story and then it flopped. Nobody liked it on TikTok. And I was like, you know what? This is why I'm not Done. on those apps. Okay. This is why, like, I'm done, period, it's over in the discussion, okay? From now on, I'm just a scroller, and I'm just using this app for research. I'm not a TikToker. I do not claim to be a TikToker, and I do not want to be a TikToker. I remember having conversations with my students, and I was like, you mean to tell me this little girl is 18 years old, making how much money and getting how many likes? because she's dancing. I was like, I just spent four years in college. Well, why am I not getting money for that? Like, okay, come on, thank you, you. Let's prioritize different things. And you know, I even tried the whole, you know, influencer train on Instagram for a little bit, but even then I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not sitting here and, you know, batch creating content, which is really just content of pictures of myself Like, you know, when it comes to self-photography, I'm the kind of person where it's really hit or miss. Like, if that day I'm not feeling it, then you're not getting a picture out of me. So I I would not be able to keep up with anything in terms of being an influencer. Like, because their job is harder than, you know, people think it is. So mm -mm. I think I'm going to just stick to what I'm doing, managing a few influencers um, doing my community management and doing some press and communications outreach and that's it. <laughs> and we're going to call it a day because honestly, that's a lot. It's not like you're like, I'm just going to work for two hours. Like you have your hand oh, in yeah. a few different things, which mm-hmm. is incredible. And I'm sure very overwhelming at times. Oh yeah. It, it is, but, um, Honestly, I think I've found something that I love so much that it's almost to a point where it doesn't necessarily feel like work for real. And that's, you know, everyone's dream Mm -hmm. is to not feel like they're working when they're actually doing a hell of a lot of work. Okay. Um, Because some days you should see my to-do list, but I look at it and I'm like, you know what? You can't complain because you have a full plate but this is what you've been asking for. Yeah. So you can't, you know, on one hand be like, oh my God, I'm so bogged down. I've got all this shit to do. But on the other hand, this is the exact thing that you've been praying for and manifesting and, you know, seeking out. And so you just kind of have to find that happy medium where you're like, you know what? Yeah, this is a lot, of, a lot to do. Yeah, that means I have to turn down my friends. No, I can't come out tonight because I have work to do. Um, but, you know, this is what pays my bills. And I remember um, during the school year, actually, um, I remember being at this bar downtown Tuscaloosa. And I was out with some of my work friends. It's like one o'clock in the morning, okay? I'm sitting, I've got my white claw in my hand, I'm dancing, and I'm also responding to emails. 
And my friends are like, Betty, like, can you relax? And I was like, look, you asked me to come out with you. I'm here. What more do you want? <laughs> That's such a like, Exactly. And, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes people don't understand that for real. They kind of think you're just like blowing them off. But like, I'm, I'm being serious. Like, I, I, I have work to do. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's either you take me as I am or, you know, maybe we should lessen the amount of time that we spend together because, you know, um, I'm also someone who I, I, any time I leave my house, I take my computer. Okay. Because you, I just feel like I never know. Like if I end up at my friend Jessica's house and I'm sitting there and we're just watching a movie, but she's just on her phone or, you know, everyone's just kind of chilling and just have the TV on in the background. Okay. That's valuable time that I could be working on a project. And we're going to sit there in a room and just like physically be together because we just wanted like that physical company. That's cool, great, and awesome. But I need to maximize my time the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And so that's really how I've kind of just, I guess, been able to find that happy medium of at this point. Yeah, it's a job, but like I definitely don't feel like I'm working because I love it that much. Yeah. And I, I want to dive into networking because you have done all of these things with you know, all of these different groups of people for somebody who is maybe studying PR right now, or, you know, even working in the field or whatever it may be, how did you go about landing all of these opportunities? Um, that right there, networking, um, (laughs) a lot of, well, actually, let me kind of rewind before you can network, you've got to make sure that your presence, both physically and your online presence, matches up with what you want people to see from you. So that means, let's start with like physically and like in person. That means, you know, when you're out and about, it doesn't mean you need to have a suit on at all times. Okay. I'm not saying that in any way, form, or fashion, but you know, take that extra step and care just a little bit more about your appearance. And, you know, I struggle with that when like school is in session because, you know, some days I wake up, I shower and I'm like, I'm just going to throw on a pair of joggers and the biggest t-shirt that I have in my closet and some sneakers and just head out the door. But it's like, if you are trying to, you know, start that process of, you know, branding yourself, put a little bit more effort into it. Okay. Maybe you're going to wear the joggers and the gym shoes. But put on a cute little graphic tee, comb your hair just a l- with a little bit more like attention to detail. Um, I'm not a person that will wear makeup every day, but one thing I will do, especially if I'm not wearing makeup, is the least I will do is comb my eyebrows and put on some clear lip gloss. That's it. You look presentable. You know, you look like you got up and you gave a damn. That that's 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 step one. It's just kind of just showing up and. I'd say next, just um, social media and like digitally, making sure that what you put out there is an accurate representation of who you are. I've had a lot of people that I've come across and um, they've been like, wow, I found your Instagram first. That's how I, you know, connected with you. And they've been like, you give off a vibe of being very strong and very, um, you know, present in who you are and very proud of being a black woman. And I'm like, great, awesome, because that is exactly the vibe I'm trying to, you know, give off. Um, because 
you know, I look at some people's Instagrams, which some people aren't, you know, on the wave of personal branding yet, which is fine. But for me personally, I can't have a picture on my social media of me with like, um, I don't know, a, a, a red solo cup or um, just doing something that doesn't line up with the image I'm trying to portray. Mm -hmm. And so I'd say definitely like right now, my social media definitely has a mix of like, um, well, me, of course, and, you know, some of my design work, because that's really right now kind of what I'm into. And it's also a way for me to quickly show someone who's like, just skimming my profile, like, oh, yeah, like I have this skill, you know, and um, aside from Instagram, if you've got a Twitter, uh, <laughs> you have a Twitter and you've got some interesting things on there, just go ahead and put that boy on private. Okay. There is nothing wrong with putting, you know, some of your socials on private if you don't want someone to see something that you've tweeted or something that you've posted. Um, my Twitter is on private, and that's actually one of the social medias that um, if I do not physically know you in person, then no, ma'am, you cannot follow me. <laughs> that's just, you know, Twitter I just feel like is... Um, it, it's personal to me. So therefore, you know, I, I don't, I don't do business on Twitter. So therefore it's private for that very reason. Um, another thing, your LinkedIn, uh, you know, LinkedIn is actually one of my favorite social media platforms. And so I try to make sure that my LinkedIn is updated at all times with like my current projects, um, and things like that. And, you know, very current ways to contact me. Um, because a lot of times when I'm sending out like an email expressing my interest in a position, they're like, oh, like I looked at your LinkedIn and saw that you're doing X, Y, and Z. Yes, please. I want to talk more because I'll even include my resume and my link to my digital portfolio. But sometimes people don't pay attention for real. And I've definitely learned that, you know, you got to send them um, something that's is a little bit more than a resume, but they can just visually like, boom, see it. It's live and it's in action. And I found that, you know, including your LinkedIn profile link has been one of the main ways that I've been able to connect with people. Um, and another thing is, and it kind of goes back to Instagram in terms of networking, um, start to digitally put yourself in spaces that you want to be in. So for me, that looked like, unfollowing people that had nothing to do with what I was interested in, you know, celebrities and influencers included, and, you know, seeking out profiles of people who were in the PR and digital marketing industry and connecting with them. Simply, you know, commenting on their photos and following, you know, um, when you comment, everybody sees it. So if someone else is looking to do the same thing that you're doing and to connect, then they just hop over to your profile and you start that connection. Um, you know, following other, uh, for me, following other PR and communications communities, such as PR Girl Manifesto, that is my favorite community at this current moment, um, and other PR agencies, it puts your name in the mix, okay? I'm someone who will go through someone's followers and following, and if your profile strikes me as someone who is really interested in the industry, like, I'll give you a follow. I'll reach out to you and connect with you and be like, hey, I'm on LinkedIn. If you ever want to connect, 
here's my link, blah, blah, blah. So that's really, I'd say your physical appearance first and then your digital appearance. Um, that's really kind of my key to networking. And really, I guess last would be, don't be afraid. Um, I know that reaching out to people can be intimidating, but they understand that's it, that it's intimidating. Okay. Um, but you, you've got to do it. You've got to make that jump because no one is in your head reading, you know, your mind and knowing what you're thinking. So you've got to be strong enough and independent enough and, you know, really just trust yourself in reaching out to people. And if they don't reach back, then that's okay. Move to the next one, but don't ever get stuck or discouraged because someone didn't, you know, take your invitation or your email or, you know, didn't follow you back. It just means keep going. I heard Mindy Kaling say in, um, I want to say it was through an interview in one of, it was like a Cosmo or Vanity Fair along those lines. And somebody asked her the question of, you know, like, what do you think has led you to where you are now? And one of the things she said was, I shifted my mindset from why me to why not me. And I think that's Mm -hmm. really important is, well, why would they respond to me? Why not? What, why not? If you are offering value, if they see it as an opportunity, if they see you as an opportunity to grow you, why, why wouldn't they respond? So I, exactly. I completely agree. I think the best thing to do is to reach out as cliche as it is. Worst thing, you never hear back from them again. Exactly. You know? And that's okay. So what is another resource? You just gave so much valuable information and I hope you guys really absorbed all of that because you know what, even for PR and communication, I think everything that you just said is so crucial to all different types of, of jobs, all different types of personalities. You know, even in my field, I have friends and coworkers online who I'm like, what? Like who you are online is so different than who you are in person. And it's weird and it's confusing. Oh, yeah. I think if anything, you're speaking to this idea of just be fully authentic, be fully who you are, let your truth shine and everything will be okay. So what is another resource that you have invested in? Maybe it's a, a conference or a webinar or whatever that you have taken a lot of value from. Um. Honestly, I'd say there's two for me. So one, and actually both of them are free. Um, so first is girlboss.com. Um, it's not a subscription or anything like that. You don't have to pay to be a member, at least not to my knowledge. Um, cause I did sign up like a while ago, but it's essentially like a LinkedIn, but it's all women, all of the opportunities that I have and am currently a part of it's because I connected with these women on girl boss because you can go on there and like essentially post an ad and, um, you just, you know, if they're, you know, looking to hire something or, or collaborate and they're asking for your email, comment that email, but also go a step further and investigate, find out who this person is. Um, not to sound creepy, but like find out who they work for and see if you can find an email for this person. Because, you know, even though you comment your email, under the post, uh, waiting for them to reach out to you, you can all, you can always take that a step further and reach out to them as well. It shows that you're interested. It shows that, you know, you're, um, committed in a sense because you took the time to dig and find that contact information, just like for, um, the creative exchange, Anna, the founder, um, 
she had made a girl box post and she had put her email in um, the post for you, you know, to reach out to her or you could comment your email below. Well, I commented my email, but I also went ahead and emailed her and the email bounced back and it wasn't the correct one. So what did I do? I went to the creative exchange website, found the emails of as many people as I could and sent them essentially all the same email, but I was like, someone's going to see this damn email because I am going to send it to every single person on this team. She is going to get annoyed with me. Okay. This woman is going to see me and I know she's going to see me because I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that she does. I had a sorority sister in college who she now lives in LA. She works in like the entertainment world. She is hysterical. So finding that she did this is, it was never a surprise for me, but she said if she could not find somebody's email, so if it wasn't online, she would put combinations together until something stuck and sent. So whatever it took to get that email oh my delivered, she did it. And she, I think she ended up getting an interview or a job with one of the people in particular who she was like, it was like, combination after combination after combination and it finally stuck and that story has stuck with me because it truly goes to show there is never an excuse not to reach out to somebody not having their email isn't an excuse you can figure it out everything is online and sometimes you got to get a little crafty you do and just like um and of course even though you know i've had great luck and experiences with finding opportunities. Of course, I've also come across opportunities where I wasn't picked for that job. And for example, um, there is this uh, online community that was founded by um, the CEO and founder of Grace & Co., which is a big PR and communications firm in New York. And the CEO and owner is Kathleen Griffith. Griffith, yeah. And so she has an online community called Build Like a Woman. So back in March, they were looking for, you know, a content creator and community manager. So um, found the email, sent an email to whoever was listed on the spreadsheet. And then I was like, hmm, it's been like a day and a half. Maybe I was just tripping, but I was like, you know what? I need to send another email to somebody else. So I found more emails, sent them my resume, whole write up, everything. And finally, Kathleen's assistant got back to me and he was like, hey, um, we got your information and Kathleen herself would like to sit down and talk to you. And I was like, I know you lying. Like, (laughs) this woman wants to talk to me, like me. She's not having someone else interview me. She wants to actually talk to me. And so we spoke and it went really well. And um, the next step was... Um, and this is also a really big tip. Okay. If someone asked you for, in this case, they asked for a sample feed of nine images and some copy and hashtags. Well, I took it a step further. I did a whole, um, presentation or, uh, not presentation. It was more of like a, uh, like a, a, a document, a report. There we go. I did a whole report, um, because I, from what I could see, you know, just as a follower, you know, their demo breakdown. And um, I analyzed their audience and I um, analyzed their brand and their messaging and um, analyzed the posts that they already had. I essentially did a whole entire social media audit for them on top of 
doing a sample feed post. I did some mock-up story um, post ideas. I did a whole content calendar. I sat and I created a 30-day content calendar all within this um, proposal, we'll call it. And so I sent it over, um, followed back up with them again. And so essentially um, her assistant emailed me back and was like, you know, our entire team from the from start, meaning like, you know, from when I sent in all my information to even get the interview until I sent in even the proposal, they're like, everyone is extremely impressed with you. And then here came the however, okay? However, we have decided to take Build Like a Woman in a different direction. And so um, Kathleen actually wanted to set up another meeting with me to kind of, um, I guess, not apologize, but just be like, you know what, don't think that you weren't good enough type, you know, meeting, we'll say. And so we talked and we talked about some other opportunities that she would have in the future and how I could work with her still. And um, I think that experience, um, I being honest with myself now, I was definitely salty that I put in all that time and work because, you know, creating something that extensive, you typically create something like that for a client that has already paid you, right. not for a client that you're trying to get. And so um, I was just like, wow, like I did all this work for nothing. But then, you know, I learned from that experience. One, um, I truly learned how to go about, you know, doing a social media audit in the correct way. Um, so I kind of taught myself something there and uh, taught myself, you know, um, a little bit more about just kind of analyzing brands and messaging and things like that. And so, you know, though I didn't get the job, I still have that proposal in my portfolio because I did a damn good job on it. And it's something that I'm proud of. And I had even posted like a snippet of it on my um, Instagram story when it was done. And a lot of people swiped up and they were like, Betty, like, this looks amazing. Like, what is this for? Like, you know, what are you doing? And so I was like, yeah, it was like a proposal for a client. Um, And a lot of people were so interested in that. And I was like, Hmm, that's very interesting. Why are you interested in this when to me, this is just regular everyday work, but you got to kind of look at it from a different perspective in that someone else may not truly understand what you're doing, but you know, you're kind of almost being a role model to them and you are um, doing these things that they are not sure how to break into the industry and do. And so at that point you kind of, you know, become a role model, a mentor, or like a, a point of reference and contact you know, for them to reach out to you in the event that they do decide to make that jump and come to you for advice. So, yeah. I, and I, that's awesome. Like I truly, (laughs) I don't even have words for that because you put so much energy and effort and it's totally valid to be like, damn it. Like, right. Didn't get it. But I always think too, there's some message in it. There's something a little bit greater than what you may have expected. I also think it speaks to you as a person and your character that this woman reached out to you not once, but twice. The right. second time she didn't have to do that. The first time she didn't exactly. have to do that, you know? And so it is there, regardless of what comes in the future, there's a connection there. There's somebody who knows you know, your potential. There's somebody who knows the quality of your work. And sometimes that is enough. Exactly. And like, you know, 
sometimes when I see the build like a woman content pop up on my feet, I'm like, you know what? I could have done a better job, but that is okay. Because like you said, um, at least that connection is already there. And, you know, it was a challenge and I accepted it and I put in all this work and created this beautiful, you know, proposal and presentation for them. But um, I don't know. I think it's very, very key in this industry where like, you just got to keep going regardless of your outcome and your results. You know, if you don't get a response back to that email or you don't necessarily hear the news within the email that you were hoping for, like, it's okay, just keep pushing. And, you know, maybe that means you do need to go and reassess and, and look at um, you and your brand and be like, okay, what am I missing? Like what piece of information and knowledge am I missing to give to this client or to this person? And so then that's where you also go into the realm of, you know, now I've got to invest in something, whether it's my time or it's money, I've got to now want it enough to do that investment. Betty, I can't thank you enough for coming on today because I feel like you have so much wisdom and I think a lot of it, is, <laughs> like, I'm so impressed by you just because you- Thank you. Taken this new challenge and adventure by storm and I'm really excited to see the next, the next things that are coming for you. And there are so many really cool things that you're currently doing. Um, for Thank our you. listeners who want to stay in touch or get to know you a little bit better, where can they find you online? So like I mentioned before, LinkedIn. Okay. Add me on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me at, well, let me just spell out my name for y'all. B-E-T-T-Y-J-E-A-N-B-O-W-L-E-S. Um, that's my LinkedIn. And then you can find me on Instagram at B-E-T-T-Y-Y-J-E-A-N. Of course, you cannot find me on Twitter, so don't try. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like reach out to me on LinkedIn or on Instagram and we can connect. Yes, absolutely. Guys, she, she, I feel like there's still so much more in your brain that we haven't even gotten to. So <laughs> guys, I mean, if this is a field you're interested in, reach out. I mean, not on Twitter. We've covered that. Maybe go right. comment on her YouTube <laughs> channel, but oh, yeah. hang out with her a little bit. See what else there is. Build connections, build a network. Um, I definitely want to stay in touch with you. I want to see all the cool things that you do in, in your life. So I'm really, really pumped, but I can't thank you enough again for coming on this episode. And you guys, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week and we will see you soon.